I will invite your attention tonight to Isaiah 65. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, precious Savior. Isaiah 65 and verse 2. I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts, a people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrificeth in gardens, burneth incense upon altars of brick, which remain among the graves and lodge in the monuments, which eat swine's flesh and broth of abominable things is in their vessels, which say, stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are a smoke in my nose, a fire that burneth all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silence, but will recompense, even recompense into their bosom. Your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together, saith the Lord, which have burned incense upon the mountains and blasphemed me upon the hills. Therefore will I measure their former work into their bosom. Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. Destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. I really need the Lord to help me tonight to preach to you on this subject, the judgment of God. The judgment of God. I feel led of the Lord to to minister on this wise, and I know He will help me to do that. Could you lift your voice together in this building and praise the Lord and pray to Him for His holy anointing. Lord, I thank You for Your mighty power and Your excellent greatness. For Your excellent greatness. For Your excellent greatness. For Your excellent greatness. We worship You, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that You would move in this house as You already have. But Lord, I pray that You'll take us into the depth of understanding of Your mighty power and Your great holiness. I pray in the name of Jesus that Your Word would come into our spirit and make us into who You are have called us to be. Lord, I pray for your anointing tonight in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The judgment of God. I feel, uh, I know that it is important for us to minister, as the Bible would, would call it, the, the whole counsel of God. And so in order to do that, we have to minister on perhaps the uncomfortable topic, if you please, the uncomfortable topic uh, of the judgment of God because God 
does operate in the role of judge. Now, Wednesday night, we're continuing our series on the nature of God, and we'll be teaching a very important lesson uh, called God is Love. And, uh, and so you don't want to miss that, especially after tonight. Amen. But God is love, and God is a judge. And I don't know uh, enough about the judgment of God to be a scholar on the subject. I don't know the reasoning behind all of it. I don't understand it. That's why he's the judge and I'm not the judge. That's why he's the judge and none of us are the judge. Because this, this role of judge requires impeccable wisdom. And it requires perfect knowledge. It requires complete and total understanding. And God is wisdom. And God is knowledge. And God is understanding. God is these things. And so, so <clears throat> he is the only one who is qualified to be judge. judge. And I don't know, as I said, everything there is to know about the judgment of God. The little bit that I do know, I'm going to try to expound on it tonight a little bit. And, and I want to say that um, one thing we know about the judgment of God, it is righteous. It is righteous. Now, when I say the judgment of God, you and I probably immediately think of the wrath of God, the anger of God. Uh, but that's, that is involved at times. But, but in fact, I, we're talking about the judgment of God. So God is one who exercises his judgment. He practices judgment. He, he executes with judgment. And this may include wrath, it may include anger, but what it, what it means in its purest sense is his decision on a thing, his judgment on a matter, what he decides. And so this is something that only God is able to do and to, to do effectively with absolute wisdom. He doesn't make mistakes. He does things, the Bible says, after the counsel of his own will. So his counsel involves his will because his will supersedes the will of any man, the will of any organization, the will of any groupings of people. The will of God is, is of utmost perfection. And so after the counsel of his own will, he works all things. And so the judgment of God appears in the scriptures. And... Uh, I want to say that I preach this tonight because this life we're living is, is not a game. And we are living for eternity. And it's important that we understand there are some things the Bible says that can provoke the Lord to anger. There are some things that can provoke the Lord God. And the Bible contains imagery. Words, stories, accounts of times in which there was a provocation of the Lord's anger. As a matter of fact, the Old Testament is replete with accounts of when people, humanity, in their arrogance, in their rebellion, in their defiance of God, in their treatment of others, provoked God to his holy wrath. 
and suffered immediate judgment. Now, you have to know that there is coming a day that we call judgment day. Where each one of us will stand before the Lord and will give account for our souls and for ourselves and what it was that we said, what it was that we did, what it was that we did not do. We will give account for how we utilize the talents that he gave us. I'm telling you folks, when the Bible talks about judgment, it's not kidding around. Now we have the unfortunate uh, situation of pulpits going silent on the matters of God's judgment. In fact, sin has become a bad word to use in and of itself in modern Christianity. So much so that modern Christianity doesn't even understand the concept of sin. They feel that it's all right to have sin in your life and still call yourself a Christian. That you can be perfectly okay with sin in your life. And if somebody were to call it out, it's easy just to paint them with the broad brush of being judgmental and move along on your merry little way. But the scripture teaches us about the judgment of a holy God. Here's the problem. We preach so little on sin that we don't know how egregious it is. We preach so little about sin that we don't know how violent the violations of it are in our own soul. We preach so little about sin, we don't realize how much damage it does to the ground upon which we stand. We preach so little about sin, we don't realize how, much, how many wounds it inflicts upon our families and upon our minds and upon the minds of those that the sin has has brutalized. We preach so little about it. We talk so little about it. We read so little about it. We move right past what the major prophets say about it. We move right past what the minor prophets say about it. We don't want to hear anything about what Paul said about sin, what Peter said about sin, what John the Revelator said about sin. Don't talk to me about the lake of fire. Don't talk about hell to me. Don't don't talk to me about what Jesus said about a place that is called outer darkness where there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Don't talk to me about, about a, a, a situation in which people thought they were saved, but they weren't saved. Where people thought they were right with God, but they weren't right with God. Where people felt like they had dotted their eyes and crossed their T's, but on the day of absolute judgment found out that they were contrary to God. And people just don't want to hear it. They'll put the earplugs in their ears. They'll change churches. They'll just tune you out, shut you up, and move along in a lie believing that they are somehow immune to the judgment of God but you are not immune to it and I am not immune to it every one of us will stand before the holiness of almighty God and we will be judged and he will judge us according to his standards he will judge us according to his expectations he will judge us according to his righteousness his holiness And who among us can stand before the holiness of God? The fact of the matter is none of us can stand before the holiness of God. And there were times, again, there is a day coming that will be called the day of judgment. Where we will stand in judgment. Where we will wait our turn. And judgment will be pronounced upon us. And we we will give account for what we said, what we didn't say, what we did, what we didn't do. And, and we will be judged according to, by the grace of God, thank you, Jesus, by the Lamb's book of life, thank God for the blood, thank God for the blood. 
Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you don't want to stand before God without the blood of Jesus Christ upon your life. There is no, there is no indignation that you have ever experienced, witnessed, or heard of that can match the righteous indignation of Almighty God. So we will stand in judgment. But there are times when God in his infinite wisdom, in his perfect holiness, in his absolute knowledge and understanding, will pronounce judgment even before the day of judgment. There are times when God's anger can be provoked and he can say no more and cut it off. There are times, and I, again, I don't understand it, but he is God and I am not. He is God and you are not. He is righteous, altogether righteous. And he understands what is needed. He knows what is needed. He knows where a person's heart is. And his judgment can be pronounced. He at times has pronounced judgment upon somebody in the middle of their sin. In the middle of their sin. He has called judgment. It is now. Your soul has been required of you. This night, your soul has been required of you. The man said, I will build bigger barns, and I will, I will increase my wealth. And I, he was taking so much, so much joy in all of the material wealth that he had developed. And the Lord said, you fool! You didn't know that tonight your soul, soul would be required of you. This happens at times throughout the scripture. We see in the book of Daniel where that Belshazzar was conducting a feast. It was an atrocious feast. It was a total desecration of the things of God. He was a heathen king. He had blatantly pulled out the sacred vessels of the temple of the Lord. They had mercilessly enslaved the Hebrew people and brought them into Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar had. Now Belshazzar is king. And he brings out these vessels that had been dedicated to the Lord. Vessels that were consecrated unto God. And to mock the God of Israel. He fills them up with the heathen wine of Babylon. And they're drinking themselves drunk out of these sacred vessels. And, and, and while they're in the middle of this drunken, intoxicated state of, of total debauchery and complete blasphemy, God said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with Belshazzar. And the Bible says that a hand appeared upon the wall and began to write upon the wall words that nobody could even interpret. Meany, meany, to kill you farson. And it said, tonight you have been weighed in the balances and art found wanting. And that very night, God sent an army to come to Belshazzar and rip the kingdom from him. He was so intoxicated with fleshly indulgence, defying God, rebelling against God, being stubborn against God, creating his own forms of idolatry, had no idea that the judgment of God waited at the door. But God is God. He is all wise and all knowing and he has all power and he has the ability to say that's it, I'm done, I'm finished with you. And I will move on now to someone whose heart will be open to me. Don't you know that it is the Lord's mercy that keeps you breathing? Don't you know that it is God's mercy that keeps you walking? That it is God's mercy that allows you to see another day? Don't, don't, don't you know that it is God's mercy that lets you sleep peaceably at night and wake up every morning? Don't you know that it is by the mercy of God and yet we are so quick to curse people that he created we're so quick to mistreat people who are made in his image who he loves who he is 
rescuing, saving. We're so quick to, to, to assault them with our words. We're so quick to even hurl a curse at God. And yet God, who is rich in mercy and tender kindness and loving kindness, continues to bestow upon us his great mercy. And, and yet the Bible says that, that he will not chide with man always. Neither will he keep his anger forever. And there does come a point. And there can come a point when God, who in his infinite wisdom decides that you will not serve him. And he's, he's going to let you go your way. And it's done. And he'll move on. The scriptures tell us so many times. And we need to talk about it. Because if we don't talk about it, then you, somebody can stumble into sin ignorantly. And, and play with sacred things. And not realize that they're dealing with the holy things of God. And, and they can live a lifestyle that is an abomination unto God. And, they, and they've got a world that lies to them telling them it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God doesn't care about those things. They live in a world where they encourage you to sin. They encourage you to lust. They encourage you to be in a lifestyle of perversion they encourage you to to drop your guard and to fulfill any lust or fancy of your flesh and everybody else is doing it so it doesn't matter and here the whole time it's in violation of the holiness of God and promises his judgment and so we have to preach about it there's a man by the name of Korah Moses Moses you got to understand Moses was leading the people of Israel through the wilderness and he had the anointing of God on his life. He had the authority of God in his hand. And God was with him. But he had so many opponents and so many critics. So many who rose up against him and said, Hath the Lord spoken only by you, Moses. So many critics who spoke up and said, We don't believe that the Lord has called you and anointed you. Moses learned not to fight for himself, but to let the Lord fight his battles. One of those men was named Korah. And Korah had... Uh, developed uh, an alliance with uh, Dothan and Abiram. And, and the scripture says that he brought these men and, and said to Moses that you think yourself too highly and you believe that you're above the people and you have separated yourself from the people. And, and uh, we have come to bring you down a few notches. And so they, they were, had a problem with Moses. And Moses said, listen, he said, you don't want to do this. Trust me. I'm just trying to tell you that you don't want to mess with the God of Israel. You don't want to do it. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about him. You don't want to mess with the God of Israel. And they wouldn't listen to his counsel. And so the Bible says that, that the Lord called Moses out and said, all right, Moses, come talk to me. And, 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 and Moses went and talked to him. And the Lord said, I want you to separate yourself and Aaron and your families because I'm getting ready to consume all of Israel. And Moses said, God, don't do that. Don't do that. It was Korah and limited to his, to him and to, to, to his, his dealings. And the Lord said, then, then, then tell everybody in Israel who doesn't want to be near Korah to separate themselves from Korah and his family. And Moses sent out the word, listen, God's getting ready to do something. He's getting ready to do something profound. And, and, and you need to separate yourself from these men who have turned against the Lord. And so Israel began to back up and, and the Lord said, to Korah and to, to the men who were with him. He said, I want you to come uh, tomorrow and bring a censer. And, and the Bible says that, that Moses told them. He said, listen, this is how it's going to work. If Korah die the death of every man, a natural causes, and, and dies in that way, then we will know that I am not sent from the Lord and that Korah was right. But if something dramatic happens today, 
that none of us can explain, then we will know that I was sent from the Lord. I don't know what God's going to do, but I know God well enough to know God is getting ready to pour out his judgment upon this man Korah. And the scripture says that when Korah stood ready and waiting for this moment, this supposed moment when God was going to do something dramatic and, and really validate the ministry of Moses, and he stood there defiant, he stood there stubborn, and he stood there uh, indignant against Moses and against Aaron. The Bible says that Korah and all his house, all of his children, all of his family, and you can have a problem with that if you want to, but God is God. And he's a righteous God. And he's a wise God. And it's his business who he judges and how he judges. And so his whole house is lined up waiting for this supposed encounter with God. And the Bible says the earth opened up, swallowed every one of them, and slammed shut on top of them. And they went down into the pit alive and perished from the congregation of Israel. And the whole congregation of Israel stood by and, and the fear of the Lord came upon them. The Bible says that a day passed. Moses is still kind of shaken by this whole experience. A day passes. And the Bible says that the children of Israel rose up against Moses. They had a problem with this. And they said, you have killed the people. You, you did this, Moses. You killed them. Moses said, I didn't do it. You don't understand. Wanted, God wanted to kill all of you. Or your attitude and your rebellion against him. I'm the one who prayed and prevented it from happening. They said, they said, no, you killed this man and his family. And the Bible says that the Lord's anger was kindled again. And he sent out a plague. And the plague went out among the children of Israel. Moses ran to Aaron. He said, get a censer and put incense inside the censer and run out among the people and stand between the people and the plague. Do it quick because the plague of God's wrath has begun. I'm telling you, if it weren't for Moses and Aaron's prayers, all of Israel would have been consumed on a number of occasions. There was one point where the anger of God was so kindled against Israel for their, for their uh, rebellion against Against him that he was ready to, to, to destroy all of them and Moses stood up in intercession and said Lord if you consume them blot out my name from your book of life and he knew God wouldn't do that because of the favor that he had upon Moses and so the Lord's wrath and anger was stayed and Israel was not consumed Aaron that day took that incense and was out running the plague the plague was 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 moving rampant through the nation of Israel and Aaron was trying to beat the plague he's running alongside of the plague and when the plague reaches a certain point and Aaron gets up past it he stands between the plague and the people and on one side of him are people who are alive and on another side of him are people who have died because they had crossed the judgment of God I'm going to tell you something God does not play with sin God does not play with rebellion. God does not play with disobedience. God does not play with idolatry. God does not play with the works of the flesh because they are a poison to people. They are a poison to a society. And God in his infinite wisdom will stand in this place and provide his judgment. The Bible says just a few chapters after this, the Bible says that the people were rising up against Moses and against Aaron again. And the scripture says that the Lord sent out fiery serpents among them and the fiery serpents bit them and venom spread through their body and people died that day because they had crossed God and the fiery 
serpents with their venom brought people down into a place of death and the Bible says that the Lord told Moses lift up a brazen serpent in the wilderness Moses lifted up the brazen serpent and anybody who could put their eyes on that serpent would be healed and the plague of the serpents would be stayed ladies and gentlemen when I talk to you about the judgment of God I'm telling you that it is perfectly within the power and right of God to bring judgment upon any one of us because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God it is of his mercies that we are not consumed don't you play with that sin that you're trying to play with don't you get involved with that ungodliness that uncleanness it is God's patience that you're here now it is God's long suffering that you're here now still able to receive of his mercy one particular day Miriam and Aaron were having a conversation and Miriam was 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 just laying in to Moses she was talking about he thinks he thinks he's God's gift to Israel she had a problem with him and she had a problem with Zipporah his wife she was an Ethiopian and Miriam was just I mean she was just complaining to Aaron her brother about her other brother and they're just they're just she's talking and Aaron's talking listening to her and and, and, and it's getting bad, and, 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 and it's, it's getting uncomfortable. You ever been in a situation where somebody's talking, and you realize, ooh, they are getting kind of rough with their talk. You need to get out of there, folks. Or shut it down. You need to do something. Because, listen, I don't care. I don't care who they are. Don't touch God's anointed. Don't touch God's anointed. And, and you say, well, I'm anointed, too. That's fine. You got the Holy Ghost, too. But your anointing doesn't supersede their anointing. Doesn't give you a right to beat up on them verbally and cast stones at them verbally. You give praise to God. Let that be the communication of your mouth. Hallelujah. Give praise to God. Moses, Miriam, and Aaron were just tearing Moses and Zipporah up. Moses and Zipporah don't even know what's happening. And Miriam and Aaron are just, I mean, they're just talking, talking. And God got angry. All right? That's it. Moses, tell Aaron and Miriam to meet us at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation tomorrow. So here they go. Moses doesn't even know what's going on. He's like, hey, Miriam, Aaron, uh, God wants us to meet at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. I don't know what it's about. Hope it's not judgment, LOL. And here they come to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Miriam and Aaron know probably what's going on. Moses doesn't even realize. And God showed up. And God began to speak. And he said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, he said, I speak to some in visions of the night. I speak to some in dreams. But that's not the way it works with Moses. With Moses, I speak to him face to face. He has a relationship with me that nobody else in Israel has. And that's just the way that it is. Nobody wanted to come up into the mountain except Moses. And so I have a special relationship with him. Get your hands off of him the Lord told Moses or told Miriam and Aaron and Moses is kind of looking around at Miriam and Aaron like what did you guys do next thing you know God withdraws himself from the picture and Miriam is stricken with leprosy covers her body she falls down covered with leprosy and Moses goes to her aid immediately and Aaron and Moses cries out to the Lord heal her now Lord I beseech thee she had to go out of the camp for seven days and the Lord lifted the leprosy off of her. Listen, don't play games with God. 
Don't play I know. Listen, I know God is love. I'm going to talk about that Wednesday night. I know that God loves and God shows mercy and God shows compassion. But don't you ever forget that this is a holy God we're serving. And don't you ever forget that his commandments are pure. They are true. They are the essence of life, the essence of eternal life. And if you are in violation of God and his holiness, if you are in violation of God and his truth, you need to make things right with God and you need to do it tonight hallelujah I said you need to do it tonight you're walking on a slippery slope if you're in violation of God you're walking down a path filled with darkness and trouble on every side Balaam was playing games with God Balaam thought it was all right to play games with God he was just gonna go and 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 he was receiving money every time he would go prophesy uh, to to uh, over Israel for Balak the king and Balak the king said I want you to curse these Israelites for me and Balaam would go and and when he get up there he'd say well I can't really curse them but I'll if you want to give me the money you promised that'd be fine by me and so so Balaam was was having these kind of kind of a you know playing games with Balak the king and so every time he'd get up to prophesy a curse you can't curse what God has blessed don't you curse what God has blessed you hear what I'm saying and don't you don't need to bless what God has cursed praise God you know you let your yay be yay and your nay be nay don't bless what God has cursed and don't curse what God has blessed and if you don't know whether he's cursed it or blessed it give him glory Hallelujah. You need to watch what comes out of your mouth. And Balaam, his interactions with Balak provoked the Lord to anger. And the Bible says while, while, while Balaam was on his way up that the angel of the Lord stood in the way with his sword drawn ready to slay Balaam. And it was in that moment that the donkey upon which he rode began to pull back and wouldn't move forward. And the Bible says that Balaam began to smite the donkey. And, and, and finally the, the, the Lord opened and loosed the tongue of the donkey. And opened his mouth and let him speak. And he spoke and said, are you crazy? I'm trying to save your life. There's an angel of the Lord that has come from the presence of God to kill you. Because of this, of this flirtation you've got going on with sin. And you think it's all fine because there's nothing going wrong. I'm making money. Everything's going good. I'm not really doing anything wrong. But you're flirting with stuff. And God sent an angel to end your life. It's the judgment of God, ladies and gentlemen. I I don't even need to talk to you about the flood, perhaps. When God was so finished with, with even the thought of creation. He repented the Lord that he had created mankind. And the Bible says he destroyed the whole earth with a flood. And if it wasn't for one man named Noah who said, I find grace in the sight of God, then all of it would have been completely underwater. But Noah found grace in the sight of God. And God gave him instructions on how to be saved from the wrath to come. And Noah didn't listen to popular opinion. And Noah Noah didn't listen to pop culture and Noah didn't listen to what the world would say about him and folks might say what kind of a God would flood the earth Noah didn't listen to that he obeyed what the word of the Lord said and God saved him and God saved all his house that's what God will do for you you can you can have a problem with God all you want but when you're done having a problem with him he's still God You can question his wisdom and question his righteousness all you want. But he's God and you're not. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
I, I look at this, this, this story of, of David, the king, who, who, folks, folks, I mean, I just, it's so troubling. He became so arrogant in his, in his kingship as he, the Bible says he didn't go to battle. He stayed in his presidential palace, if you please. And, and he stays there while Israel goes to battle. And while he's, while he's up in this, in this lofty position of, his, of, of being so happy with his own success. And, and the Bible says he looked out over Israel. He saw Bathsheba. He lusted after Bathsheba. He commits adultery to cover up his sin. He then begins to negotiate and arrange for Uriah, her husband, to be killed. And he puts him on the front line of the battle with the express instructions to put him in the hottest part of the battle. So the likelihood of him dying will go up. And, and, and it was horrible. He arranged for this man to die. And he arranged for this adultery with Bathsheba. And the Bible says a few little words that catch my attention in the scriptures. It says, the thing displeased the Lord. You read Psalm 51 because when you read Psalm 51, you're going to read the only reason David lived past that point. Because God was getting ready to open up judgment upon David. Man after God's own heart or not. Psalmist, sweet psalmist to Israel or nothing. Didn't matter if he wrote Psalm 23, Psalm 27, Psalm 34. Didn't matter what all he wrote, Psalm 150. Doesn't matter what all you've done for God. The thing displeased the Lord. And the judgment of God was getting ready to come raining down on David. And the Bible says that the Lord sent Nathan the prophet who walked into his room. And Nathan the prophet gave him this, this parable. And the parable was of a man who had one beautiful lamb. And about another rich man who had any lamb that, that, he, that you could think of. And that he looked over into the sheepfold of the, of the poor man. And he took that lamb for himself and left the poor man with nothing. And David heard the injustice of it in that analogy and it bothered him so much he said you tell me who this man is I'll have his head I won't allow that kind of injustice to go on in Israel he saw the injustice in the metaphor but he couldn't see the injustice in his own decisions and Nathan is standing there when David is demanding tell me who this man is and here's Nathan the old prophet knowing that if he says what he is anointed to say it could mean the end of his life he puts up that old Finger in the face of David says, it's you. You did that. You did that to somebody. And David, realizing his own sin, begins to go to the Lord in one of the most beautiful psalms that he wrote, the psalm of his restoration to God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. The death angel hovered over David with sickle in hand, ready to remove him from his lofty place of anointing. But David cried out under sackcloth and ashes, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me against thee, the only have I sinned and done this evil. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Don't whitewash what it is that you're involved in. Get honest with God and call upon his mercy and ask him to cleanse you from the evil in your spirit. Oh, we like to 
to call it my struggle. We like to call it my challenge. Call it what it is. Get honest with God. The evil that is present with me. Hallelujah. The evil in thy sight. Be, be, that thou mightest be justified when you speak and clear when you judge. I was shapen in iniquity. Sin and sin did my mother conceive me. You desire truth. Hear this. In the inward parts. I bring this to your attention because the passage of scripture I read came from Isaiah chapter 65 where the prophet Isaiah explains to Israel he explains to Israel that that he speaks from the vantage point of God who said I have stretched out my arms all the day unto a rebellious people they don't even want me and I give them everything that I have I give them breath and life and blessing after blessing I encourage them and strengthen them I protect them from danger I put a hedge of protection around and they want nothing to do with me and they worship other gods and they worship other idols and God said and I am going to respond now with judgment I'm going to withdraw I'm going to withdraw what I've given I'm going to take back they've chosen their way I'm going to let them go their way I'm going to let them feel what it feels like not to have the God of Israel and then he said and yet like wine new wine in the cluster Somebody said, destroy it not, for there is a blessing in it. He said, because there are a few who love my name, I will not destroy Israel. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it happens over and over through the scriptures. Lord, if you destroy them, then blot out my name, and God's wrath is stayed. Moses, Abraham said, Lord, for 50 righteous, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes. For 40 righteous, yes. Couldn't find 40. Lord, for 30 righteous, yes, I'll, I'll spare them. For 20 righteous, yes. For 10 righteous, he couldn't find 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And the wrath of God came upon Sodom and Gomorrah. But here he is in Isaiah 65. If I can see the blessing, I will not destroy Israel. And this is what happened in Psalm 51. David realized there is a way to come clean with God and stay his wrath. He said, you desire truth in the inward part, in the hidden part. You shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with your free spirit. Then then, then will I teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Oh God, thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. I'm going to tell you something. God's wrath is real. God's judgment is severe. And yet there's something about an honest, hungry heart that he cannot resist. There's something about truth in the inward parts that gets his attention every time. Don't you know this is why Jonah didn't even want to preach in Nineveh? It wasn't that Jonah was some, some raging uh, bigot that didn't want to go to Nineveh and preach because he didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't want to go to Nineveh for this reason. 
because he knew that he would go preaching what God told him to preach, which was this. God's going to destroy Nineveh. You have sinned. You're rebellious. You're disobedient. You're idolaters, adulterers, fornicators. You're unclean. You're ungodly. You're unholy. And God is going to pour out his wrath upon Nineveh. And then that was his message. And then he was to fly home and, and get back to where he was. And that was what he came to preach. And he knew what would happen. He knew that the message would come forth and that Nineveh would hear it. And all they had to do was bury themselves in sackcloth and ashes and cry out for mercy and beg God to cleanse them and repent and turn from their wicked ways. And all that judgment he predicted would not come. And all that wrath he predicted, it would not come. And all that anger he said was boiling hot, it wouldn't boil over because he knows that God is a God of mercy. He knows that God really wants to save people, spare people, heal people, lift people. And sure enough, Jonah came into Nineveh and he said, everybody, you're going to die. There's just a few days left. You're going to die. Everybody's going to die. All of Nineveh's going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. The wrath of God is kindled against you. The anger of God is being poured out upon you. And when Nineveh heard it, they repented. They went on a fast. I said, they went on a fast. The king went on a fast. Everybody in the city went on a fast. The animals went on a fast. They covered themselves in sackcloth and ashes and begged God to have mercy. And God looked at Jonah and said, you know, they repented of their sins. That's all I wanted them to do. I didn't want to pour out my indignation upon them. I didn't want to pour out my anger and my wrath. I, I, I only wanted them to turn from their wicked ways. If you are engaged in a wicked thing, if you are involved in a wicked thing, I'm going to tell you the solution to your dilemma right now. Repentance. Come out of it. Come out of it and bury yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Let me read to you Psalm chapter 75. And verse number 8, Psalm 75 and verse 8. The Bible says, verse number 7, But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. Do you know how much God hates sin? I can't preach to you a message that would adequately describe how much God hates sin. And do you know why God hates sin? It's not that he's arbitrarily hating or despising the sin. He hates sin because it separates you from him. That's why he hates sin. Oh, you think it's just a little plaything. You think it's just your little lust of the flesh, your little struggle. No, it's a wall between you and God. That's why he hates the sin that you're involved in. He hates it because he loves you. And so, so he hates the sin and he promises to judge sin. He promises to bring his wrath upon the sin. And if you have gotten so intertwined with the sin, and if you've wrapped that sin around your mind and spirit to such a degree that you and that sin are one in the same, then you'll go down with it. You've become possessed by it. But the scripture says, in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup, 
and the wine is red, and it is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. The dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth shall drink them and wring them out. So God's got this cup in his hand, and it's going to turn over. And it's, it's, it's the most vile judgment that, that you and I can understand. And folks, when I tell you that that's the cup Jesus drank at Calvary, what I'm trying to tell you is that the judgment that God has for your sins, Jesus took it. See, Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. Before he went to Calvary, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, if this cup can pass from me. What cup? This cup. Because in the hand of the Lord, there is a cup. And the wine is red. And the mixture, it's the most toxic, poisonous, gut-wrenching, mind-numbing mixture of punishment and wrath and anger and God manifested himself in our flesh so that he could go to the cross and consume that cup on our behalf because every one of us are standing in line to drink that cup to receive that punishment Jesus came down and cut the line and said no I don't want you to drink this cup I will take the cup that's why the Bible doesn't just say that he took our sins the Bible says he became our our sin what happened to the body of Jesus cross Jesus Christ on the cross is what was supposed to happen to your fornication it's what happens to your adultery what happens to your idolatry what happens to your lying what happens to your pride to your arrogance to your ignorance it's what happens to your rebellion to your stubbornness that's the wrath of God upon all of your sin hallelujah that's why the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Because it was him manifest in human flesh. Hallelujah. And there he stand on that cross, nailed to the cross, wounded, bruised, chastised, pierced through with many sorrows. That's what the Lord did to all of our sin, to all of our uncleanness, to all of our ungodliness, because he doesn't want to pour his judgment out upon us, because he doesn't want to pour out his wrath upon us, because he doesn't want to pour out his anger upon us. God forbid that even after the cross, we would still be lost. God forbid that even after the blood of Jesus was shed, we would still be lost. God forbid that even after the garden of gifts and a hill called Calvary and wounds and bruises and brokenness and a crown of thorns hallelujah and a death and a burial and a resurrection after all of that an ascension an outpouring of the Holy Ghost a dispensation of grace that we would still be lost God forbid Jesus did pay it all he did pay it all he did take it upon himself. He came to take the punishment of Nineveh. He came to take the punishment of the Babylons of the world. He came to take it upon himself. Hallelujah. You be careful with sin. I know I preach a lot out of the Old Testament. Let's come into the New Testament where Ananias and Sapphira thought it'd be fun to play games with God. We will lie to the Holy Ghost. We'll keep back part of the price of the land and then we'll tell God like God doesn't know. You know what happened? They stopped believing 
believing in God. They stopped believing in God. There was no fear of God before their eyes. They didn't care what God thought. They didn't mind lying to God. This whole thing became such a game to them. They felt like they could still be a Christian and still be a sinner all at the same time. No, sir. No, ma'am. You come out from among them. You be separate, saith the Lord. You give your heart and your mind and your body and your soul and your spirit completely to the Lord. Stop playing those games with God. This is real, real eternal life and eternal death. I remember the man who stood up in the back of the church hearing the story. It was before my time. My great-grandfather was preaching the name of Jesus. He was exalting the name of Jesus. In California, Long Beach, preaching Jesus, Jesus. He was exalting the glorious Christ. And the man stood up in the middle of the auditorium and he shouted out and he cursed my great-grandfather and he cursed Jesus. And he turned and he ran out the door. And as he crossed the street, he was hit by a car and died instantly. Folks, you don't play games with God. You don't play games with God. I wonder if somebody in this place could say, Lord, I don't take your sacrifice for my sins lightly. I want you to know Regardless of how I've lived up to this point, regardless of what sin is resident in my life right now, thank you for showing me mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Cleanse me, Lord. Purify me. Listen, I don't stand up here with a finger of accusation. I can't. I can't. Because I'm only here by the mercy of God. I'm only here by the grace of God. But I want you to know you don't play games with the Lord God. And if you've got something in your spirit that needs to come out before the Lord, you better lay it out before the Lord and say, God, I want, I want to be clean in your sight. Forgive me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart. Wash me thoroughly in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you're on the verge of committing sin, if you've got a temptation that's nagging at you and pulling on you, there's a devil in your life trying to pull you into a pit. There's a devil in your life trying to pull you into a snare. You better come out of that thing and look to the Lord God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the one who paid my debt. Praise the one who paid my debt. Thank you for taking that cup. Thank you for going to the cross. I praise you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to run to the mercy seat. Somebody ought to run, hallelujah, to the mercy seat and say, God, I'm not playing any more games with your gospel. I'm not playing any more games with your grace. Hallelujah. I know you are the righteous judge. The fact that you love me is humbling. The fact that you show me grace is humbling. The fact that you've shown such long-suffering with me is so humbling to me. Hallelujah. 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 
Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Have you thought about that? How will you escape if you neglect the blood of Jesus? How shall you escape if you neglect the cross of Christ? How shall you escape if you neglect the infilling of the Holy Ghost? What kind of a plan do you have? How are you going to escape the wrath of God if you neglect the very way of salvation God provided for you to escape in? Don't neglect it. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect prayer. Don't neglect worship. Come on, don't neglect the bride of Christ. Don't neglect getting a hold of God. Don't neglect the bride, the blood, the body. Don't neglect it. Don't neglect Don't neglect worship. Don't neglect praise. Don't neglect it. Crawl to the cross. Come to the cross. Lift your hands to Jesus. Call on his mighty name. Ask him for his mercy. Have mercy upon me, O God. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Deliver me from blood guiltiness. Cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. Come on, somebody. I need somebody that the sin has got you like a vice grip. And you need God to break that chain. He you need God to break that chain God I need it right now I need it right now Lord God I'm in a fight for my life I'm in a battle for my soul I've got an enemy coming against me the enemy has come in like a flood my own feelings have turned against me my own thoughts are haunting me I can't even gather my thoughts I can't get myself together everything's going awry I need you Jesus to save me from your judgment I need you Jesus to save me from the wrath of God Hallelujah. You know what? You may not be feeling one ounce of anything right now. That ought to terrify you. That ought to drive you straight to the altar. Say, God, my God, why don't I feel anything? Why don't I feel an urgency to pray? You might be yawning. Can't wait till everybody stops praying. That ought to terrify you. God, why don't I feel an urgency to call on your name? Why don't I feel an urgency to cry out for mercy? Help me, God. Help me, God. Deliver me, God. Bring me out, God. Deliver me. Lift me up. Have I drifted that far from you? Have I drifted so far from you that I can't feel your spirit when it passes by? Have I drifted so far from you, God? hallelujah hallelujah come on that's it if you're here tonight it's because God is having mercy God is showing you mercy God is having mercy upon you he is extending his hand of grace into your life he's extending his hand of grace into your life don't you take that for granted don't take that for granted Lord, I need you like I've never needed you before. I need to feel your spirit, God. I need to feel your spirit, God. Don't let me, don't let me go. Don't let me go. Cast me not away from your presence. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me.
Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Hallelujah. 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 My God, have mercy. My God, have mercy. My God, have mercy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God is love, but he's a judge who loves. Do you know how grateful you ought to be for that? Do you know how much gratitude you should have in your spirit for that alone? That he's a God who loves. He's a judge who loves. The judge of all mankind loves. I wonder if somebody could praise him for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See the Alamo, Cindy Alamo, Cindy Alamo Shanda. He Alamo Shahalamahaya. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hida la bokoshananamahai. Ooh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. name of God glory to the name of God glory to the name of God glory to the name of our 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 God hallelujah Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. A broken spirit and a contrite heart thou wilt not despise. A broken spirit and a contrite heart thou wilt not despise. Come on, I don't, it doesn't matter what you've done, ladies and gentlemen. If you're here right now, it's because God will extend mercy to you. He will yet extend mercy to you. He will yet extend mercy to you. A broken spirit and a contrite heart thou wilt not despise. Hallelujah. If your spirit isn't broken, you better break it. I said, if it's not broken, you better say, God, break it, break it, break it, break it. I don't even know how to break it. God, break it. Hallelujah. Let me feel you. Let me feel you. You desire truth in the inward parts. Truth in the inward parts. Truth in the inward parts. 
tired of lying God I'm tired of lying to you I'm tired of lying to myself I'm tired of lying to the people I love truth in the inward parts 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 hallelujah 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 Oh, take heed if any man think he standeth lest he fall. Hallelujah. You think you're standing. You think this message is for somebody besides you. You think this message doesn't have to do with you because everything's all right. Oh, God. Oh, God, help you. Oh, God, help me. God, help us all. Lord, don't ever let me grow complacent. I don't want to be complacent. I want to be calling on your name. I want to be humble before you, God. I want to be near the cross. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where then shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where then shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? This is New Testament, this is New Testament, this is New Testament. If the, if the, Righteous scarcely be saved. Where then shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I'm telling you, if there's sin or ungodliness in your spirit, you got to give it to God tonight. You can't carry it out of this place. you got to give it to God tonight. Lord God, I'm giving it over to you. I'm giving it all to you. You say, I've done that before, Pastor, and I'll just go right back to it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Don't make another excuse. You just open up your mouth right now and say, God, I'm giving it to you right now in the name of Jesus. Don't wait until the circumstances are ideal. Don't wait until your feelings match up with your confession. Just open up your mouth right now and confess it to the Lord. God, regardless of what I'm feeling, I'm giving it all to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm trusting that there's going to be a strength come on me. I'm trusting that there's going to be a power to come upon me. To walk in the ways of righteousness, to walk in the ways of holiness, to be pure in your sight. To be pure in your sight, oh God, to be pure in your sight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know why you're praying right now? You're not praying because you're scared God is going to judge you. You're praying because you have a pure heart before God. You're praying because you really want to serve Him. And you're tired of things standing in the way. You really want to be acceptable in His sight. But you know there's one thing that displeases Him. There's something that displeases Him. And you want to get it out in the open before Him. You want to lay it down at His foot of the cross. You want to give it to Him him and let him wash over your soul that's why you're praying right now that's why you're calling upon his name hallelujah 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 Oh, bless his name 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo, 
nothing between my soul and my Savior. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Nothing. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Nothing between my soul. Nothing between my soul and my Savior. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, bless my brother in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Bless it, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. Glory to your name, Lord. 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 Glory name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That's it. Go ahead and pray until something breaks. Go ahead and pray until something breaks in your spirit. Go ahead and pray until something changes in your mind. Hallelujah. Come on. That's it. God really, really, really wants to save you. God really, really, really wants to save you from yourself. He really wants to deliver you. He wants to deliver you from this addiction, whatever it may be. He wants to deliver you from this this crutch, whatever it may be. He wants to lift you up out of that pit of despair. He wants to lift that condemnation off of you. Hallelujah. And make Make you free. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know, I don't know to what extent, but I know that the anger of God is being kindled greatly against this nation kindled greatly against this nation there's so much violence there's so much immorality there's so much idolatry there's so much sin running rampant through the United States of America so many have turned their back on God they have defied God denied God rebelled against God it's one thing to get up and preach that and talk about how everybody's turned their back on God but what are we going to do about it let me tell you what Moses did about it he interceded on their behalf let me tell you what Abraham did about it he interceded on their behalf that's what they did 
that's what that's what we have to do we have to call upon God and pray for our nation Lord help us to reach them in the name of Jesus Lord don't pour out your wrath upon them but let us reach them with the gospel empower us to reach them embolden us to reach them hallelujah give us passion like we've never had passion to reach the lost in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hallelujah come on somebody stand up in the gap hallelujah stand in the gap pray 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 repentant prayers in the name of the Lord Jesus pray prayers of repentance on behalf of your nation on behalf of your city in the name of the Lord Jesus oh God deliver them from their idolatry deliver them from their sin deliver them from their violence let the gospel of Jesus Christ sweep across this nation in a holy hallelujah a holy revival in Jesus name let it be done for your glory let it be done for your glory oh God let it be done for your glory hallelujah 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 Glory, 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 hallelujah. Sidi alamosha halalabahasi alalabahaya. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up the name of a lost loved one right now. Pray for him in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, pray for a lost loved one right now in this presence, in this atmosphere. Call the name out before God and pray for them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah, hallelujah, Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Sata Ramaka Santa Lamaha Sata Lamaha. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, the Holy Ghost is doing something right now. The Holy Ghost is doing something right now. Something's breaking right now. Something's breaking right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Go ahead, let it break in you. Let it break in you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let it break in you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, 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 By my word I have spoken unto you because I love you, because you are mine, because you are mine, you belong to me, you are bought with a price, with my precious blood. I stretch forth my hands unto you to receive you unto myself. Do not reject me. Do not push me away. I have joy to give you that is unspeakable and full of glory. I have prepared a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Come unto me. All ye that are weary, come unto me. I will give you rest. I will pour my grace upon you and my love upon you in ways you have yet to know. Receive me, receive me as I receive you unto myself. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. That's it. Go ahead and let it happen right now. Let it happen in your spirit. Come on, let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you in the name of Jesus. Hashahali Amohaya. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Let the Holy Ghost do a deep work in you right now. Let the Holy Ghost do a deep work in you right now. Let the Holy Ghost do a deep work in you right now. Oh, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Above all else, I must be saved. For above all else, I must be saved. For whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. For above all else, I must be saved. Above all else I must be saved for above all else I must be saved for whatever you have to do to me don't let me be lost for eternity above all else I must be saved oh above all else I must be saved oh for above all else I must be saved for whatever you have to do Don't let me be lost for eternity above all else. I must be saved. I know that's a big commitment to sing, and it's not sung a lot in 2017, but we have to sing it from our soul because. Truly, the most important thing is that we're saved. We can talk about blessing. We can talk about all sorts of things that are 
are great to talk about. But at the end of this whole thing, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that matters is that we're saved. That we're saved. That we're saved. Hallelujah. That we're saved. Can you sing it from your soul? Can you sing it from down deep inside? Even if you're scared to sing it, can you just sing it? Can you just sing it? Hallelujah. For whatever you have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. For above all else, I must be saved.